Hi, everybody. I'm here with Brian Hecht of the Dallas Symphony Orchestra. Uh, he's a Shires and Griego performing artist. Uh, and he'll be performing this year at the International Trombone Festival, July 13th through 16th uh, at the University of Central Arkansas. Hello, Brian. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Just kind of take me through your musical influences like growing up. Man, Ben Folds. Hmm. I, I feel like I went through... Uh, a couple of his albums over and over and over and over and over again. I'm I'm one of those listeners that like whenever I find something I like, I'll kill it. Yeah, I'll absolutely. It, it'll be on repeat in my headphones until I can't stand it anymore. Like I've just gotten all the enjoyment out of it as possible, and then I put it away and I come back to it, you know, in like a decade sort of thing. Yeah. But um, man, I did that with a lot of music. I think you know, non-trombone related. Ben Folds was a big one. My brain just went landed. Annie Waits, <laughs> Zach and Sarah, you know those three. Like Zach and Sarah, the opening. <laughs> that that was just so cool. I was, I mean. Part of me was just enjoying it, but the other part of me was just picking up apart how great his musicianship is, mm-hmm. you know, and how great his technique is on the piano and just putting everything together because I was blown away that he recorded uh, the drums, the piano, and the vocals. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, gosh, that that's incredible that we're all trying to master one instrument, and this guy has mastered multiple. Um, so a lot of, yeah, those are the first ones that pop up. Randy Hawes, Melodrama. Mm-hmm. Um all the way. I, I still will, you know, whenever I'm like, uh, maybe I took a break from the horn or I'm coming back from vacation or I was playing some tenor, I need to get back on bass, I fire up melodrama and it's like, that's the sound. That's how I want to play right there. And Matthias Gerner, uh, hmm. vo- uh, vocalist, he, his CD with Eschenbach on piano is just—it's incredible. If I if I could just bring those two people together and blend them into my product, that that would I would be the the happiest person. So that, that's the sound you hear in your ear when you're playing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Those two people—it's just that's that's the focus. That's the uh, the beacon. Do you have like a favorite ITF memory? Probably my first one. Oh yeah, uh, when was ITF that? ITF Iowa. You had never been before Iowa? I had been, but I'd oh, never okay. performed before. Mm. And mm-hmm. I like, gosh, I've been multiple times and I've always looked up on that stage and thought, I want to be up there someday. I, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll really feel like, you know, I've reached a milestone in my career whenever I'm up there.
And I think the most special moment, uh, probably, you know, in my career was, um, I, I didn't know how it was going to go. Of course, I was terrified. It was my very first performance in front of, you know, all your colleagues, friends. I mean, one mm -hmm. of the, the hardest crowds to perform in front of. They all know your mistakes. Yeah. You know, they all also know your victories, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, it's it's an exciting moment. But uh, I performed my recital in front of a crowd way bigger than I thought would attend my first recital in ITF. It was they put me in the big hall. And I remember I even wrote to the uh, Jay Cook at the time. I was like, hey, you sure you want to do that, man? Put me in the smaller hall. I think that the crowd's going to look kind of small in, in, in the big hall. He's like, no, no, no. Just trust me. You're in the big hall. And I was like, all right, man. Well, it was it was an incredible turnout. And yeah. I was really able to lose myself in the music. And the recital went by really quickly because it just I was having fun up there. And I was uh, really feeling it. And after I finished, you know, it's I felt it's very typical. You, you, you walk off the stage, you come back on, you do that one bow and you walk back off. And I remember mm -hmm. I, after I walked back off, I just like... <sighs> I just like had this release and this like rush of emotion um, because that recital was dedicated to my mother that had just passed away a few uh, months before that. Man, it felt like five minutes had gone by and I'm just sitting there just trying to process what had just happened. And I still hear applause <laughs> going on out in the hall. And I was like, I just kind of, I looked at the stagehand and I said, are they still going? Are they still And Dude, I, I I almost lost it. Yeah. And I remember I went back out there. Everyone was on their feet, and I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I couldn't believe, even still now, I'm just getting chills mm -hmm. and goosebumps thinking, um, you know, those are your colleagues, those are your friends, and how much they support you, and how wonderful our community is, uh, you know, and it was, it was just, it was a, an amazing moment for me to uh, feel that love and support from everybody. Um, yeah, I'll never yeah. forget that. I don't know if, I mean, you feel this way now, but like playing for the hometown crowd is way more pressure. <laughs> yeah. I have this weird reaction that anytime my wife's in the audience, like I get super nervous Yeah, and like I deal with nerves as part of my career, mm -hmm. you know, but like when she, I, I can't control them when she's in, in the audience and that's like, and she's like, why? Like, of course I'm going to support you. I'm like, cause I want you to think I'm actually, she's not a musician. I'm like, I want you to think I'm good. Yeah. Like I, I really like care. <laughs> I really care that you of all people think mm -hmm. I'm good. So what does that say about our normal performances? If like, we're like, well, we really care that you like it. Does it mean we don't actually care if audiences like it? We do care, but you kind of right. have to divorce yourself from that feeling in order to like do this for a living, don't you think? You, you said it really well, man. Yeah, you said it really well. Like it's not that I I don't care what other performances is that it's that that care gets in the way of expression and storytelling. Mm. You know, if I'm worried about what people think about me while I'm playing, then suddenly I'm losing focus of the storyline. I'm losing focus of what I'm there to do, and that's express, you know, through music. Um, there's just, there's no room at the highest level of performance for uh, introspection and for, you know, self-thought, that sort of anxiety, I guess, that, uh, that care causes, mm -hmm. right? And so you kind of have to put it on the shelf, and once you go on stage and pick it back up when you get off, it's just... Sometimes that's harder to do with certain people in the audience. <laughs> yeah. What's the typical thought 
like just that weird thought that pops in your head that you're like, I I can't be thinking about that right now. We're oh. trying to perform. <laughs> Man, it's it can be anything. Like a lot of times it's food. A yeah. lot of times it's yeah. like, all right. Oh man, I haven't really eaten a whole lot this morning because of my nerves. Uh, what am I going to get after this? Like in the mm-hmm. middle of a phrase, and I have to say, like, come on, hey, 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 focus, get yeah. back in it. Uh, food is a lot. Sometimes I'm thinking about like the repercussions of something going well or a mm-hmm. mer- or a mistake. You know, like man, I wonder what that's going to sound like in the recording. Mm-hmm. You know, those are those are the common distractions that I have to sort of you know wake myself up. Out yeah. Of. Do you have like? any any way to silence those voices or just kind of like breathe and and get back on it or do you just have to be like not right now <laughs> we gotta focus you know I, I i saw this thing the other day that says you can't tell the brain what to do mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. the brain can't comprehend the negative right so like if you say don't think about an elephant <laughs> what do we all do we all just thought about an elephant you can't tell the brain not to do something so instead yeah. i have to redirect And so when I'm performing, when these thoughts come in, I have to turn the music up, Hmm. right? It's, it's almost like, you know, whenever I'm at home and if I'm, if I'm, I just got a record player and I've been listening to a lot of vinyl lately. And when my kids are starting to get really loud when they're playing, I'm just like, I can't hear the music. Let me just turn this up a little bit more. And so that's sort of, you drown out the distraction uh, and it's something I learned in skydiving actually is it's target fixation hmm. that, you know, if you are staring at the pothole in the road, stare at the pothole, stare at the pothole, you're going to hit the pothole. You stare yeah. at the way around the pothole, stare at the way around it, you're going to go around it just by fixating on a target. So same thing when performing, when these, you know, other thoughts come in, these distracting thoughts come in, I just try to uh, turn up the music and focus on the path forward. And that's the story I'm trying to tell and what I'm trying to express. And that guides me in the right direction. It sort of pushes everything else out. Do you have any hor- like performance horror stories that come to mind? Ooh. <laughs> First of all, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, of course. There, there, there's, there's a lot, you know, I've, uh, I felt like I've, I've gone through a lot of tribulations and performances. Um, most recently one that was like sort of, it was just like a nightmare that that came came true was uh i was performing it was i was trying to perform off of a tablet mm-hmm. and i had like the pedals and everything and it was at an sts i think like four or five years ago whenever i was first trying it out and i accidentally i was in the middle of a solo and i accidentally double tapped the <laughs> the pedal going yeah. forward yeah. And then I couldn't find the pedal going back. And I like I was just like fumbling to the point where it was beyond recovery. I just had to stop. Mm. And that, I think, in my mind, I've always built that up as like, that's the most embarrassing event to have to lose control of your performance that you've got to stop it and start it somewhere else or start from the beginning. But it was I was halfway through, so there was no going back. Uh, and so I had to stop. <laughs> I had to stop. I like sort of like moved the pedal to the side and just started swiping back to find my page, and then I started up again. And that that was a uh, that was not a very fun performance. It certainly did not go anywhere near the way I wanted it to. I've had my horn break in the middle of an mm. orchestra performance where um, you know I I was in the Atlanta Symphony and I look over at Nate and Colin and like my horn it was broken to where it was letting so much air out at the valves that. I couldn't make any sound. I would, oh my it was like, it was like taking the slide off. Yeah. 
right? And uh, I couldn't make any sound, so I left the concert after the first piece. Nate slid over and played bass. I drove home, got my other horn, drove back, made it just in time for the end of intermission and played the second half on a different pace. Uh, and it was, and I was in my tenure process. Oh no. So like just the thoughts of like, everyone's going to remember this. They're going to look back and be like, where's Brian? <laughs> Where, where's this guy that's trying to, you know, get into this orchestra or, or, you know, get tenure in this orchestra. You know, he just up and left, you know, cause it's not like you can explain yourself No. in the middle of a concert. Everyone's just going to think what they want to think. And so that might've been a little bit of me getting in my own head, worrying about what everybody else is thinking, but. Certainly, that was a bit of a traumatizing experience. I think of all times to worry what other people are thinking, that's probably the time. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And and it was fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, especially my section. Colin and Nate were so, such supportive colleagues. They were... Mm -hmm. Uh, just, I mean, musically and collegially, just a joy to work with. And so, like, they, they made that process that was a difficult process. They made it a lot easier with their uh, guidance and friendship there. So, I, I have a lot of uh, my success there. I, I can thank them for and yeah, helping they're, me they're along. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. Um, do you listen to music in the car? Do you listen to podcasts? What do you listen to? Constantly, I'm listening to music. Um, let's see... What happens to be up right now, I, I follow a lot of Spotify's suggestions when they say, <laughs> you might like this album. I'll say, okay, fine, I'll check it out. And the one that's actually up right now is Julia Michaels, uh, not in chronological order. I, I had never listened to it until yesterday, but that's what was most recent um, on my playlist. But um, if I go to, you know, everything that's like, there's like this, the top albums that I've been mm-hmm. listening to, uh, Hamilton was just recently the Broadway uh cast performance mm-hmm. um was I, I feel like once a year i sort of just binge <laughs> on that it's got there's just so much great music in there you it'll take you hours to get through the whole thing that that musical is just it's solid songs you know yeah um there's that one there's uh um i'm what i'm studying for the dallas symphony season uh, so we have Symphony Fantastique this week, and so I've been listening to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have this playlist that um, I've been I've been putting together for mm, like ten years, probably. Like any time I hear a song I like of any genre, uh, I except for classical, I have I have a, a classical as its own playlist. But anything like you know outside of classical music that um, if I like the song, I immediately just add it <laughs> to uh, my this playlist and. Uh, I just kind of put it on shuffle. So it's literally, it's all of my favorite songs. And currently I have 47 hours and 38 minutes of music on it. Um, and it's, uh, the most recent song was uh, Passion Pit. Oh yeah. Um, that, that's a really cool one I, that I, I really enjoy. Um, some, uh, there's, uh, it kind of goes all over. There's some Old Dominion, some Luke Combs, some BB Rexa, um, some Sia. Cardi B, Zach Brown Band. I don't know if I said that already. Um, yeah, it kind of, the weekend it kind of gets all over the place, um, and I think uh, the Crosby, Stills and Nash is the one sitting on my record player right now. Nice, nice. Yeah. And you said that's from your childhood. The Crosby, Stills and Nash. I mean, yeah, certainly my dad played that a lot as I was growing up, but I, mm. I just I haven't heard it in forever. It's not a band I usually 
queue up. Mm. And so whenever my dad found out that I got the record player, you know, uh, he allowed me to come over and, you know, sort of steal from his collection. And as I was going through him, he's like, you got to You got to have this album. <laughs> You've got to listen to it just front to back, all the way down. Just experience this album. He's like, this This defined my late 20s. <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it's kind of cool to, you know, I think not only experience music and discover music for yourself, but I, I see music as... Um, it encapsulates moments in your life, mm-hmm. uh, and it it there's memories that are tied to music. You know, he was uh, we, we fired it up, and he immediately said that this flood of memories came back. Like he can almost like a memory from every time he started it on his own record player growing up. And mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool to be able to learn another side of my dad um, through the music that defined his life. And so I've got a, a bunch of those sort of life-defining albums um, that uh, that he gave me, and I'm just sort of bit by bit, kind of, you know, having those same experiences of my own, and in my mind they kind of relate to his. Nice. That's awesome. Do you know what you're doing at ITF this year? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about it, actually. Um, I feel like my plate's already <laughs> so full, but it's it's a, a very exciting because with, you know, the recent drought and performances, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm hungry. I'm hungry to express. I'm hungry to, you know, play again and, you know, open things back up. So um, we've got uh, a lot of really cool things. I've got a solo with the Fountain City Brass Band. I'm playing Wim Bex's Vadimikum. Um, that's always been a challenging piece for me and just a lot of fun to conquer. It just feels like, you know, I've never, you know, climbed Mount Everest, but uh, it feels like, like maybe not the Mount Everest of solos, but it's extremely challenging. So something very similar. Um, and uh, to get that that performance ready is always a lot of fun to work up and and such a joy to play. So Wimbex is Vadimikum with Fountain City Brass Band. Uh, I am I have a solo recital with a lot of great music from Elizabeth Raum, Brahms, uh, Ricardo Mola, uh, and Iwazen. Mm. Um, I'm doing a really exciting uh, duet with Martin Skippers. Vexel Pazan cool. and the Concert Cabal. Uh, we are playing with the UCA Natural Slides, uh, Jake Cook at the helm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a really cool new piece that we're having commissioned for uh, duo bass trombone, almost like um, uh, battling bass trombones in a, uh, in a very cool, I think, visually and musically intriguing environment and piece. It's based around the game of chess. Uh, and so, you know, one of us is going to be in all white, the other one's in all black to represent the two sides of the chessboard, and so will the quartets behind us. And so it's really, hmm. we're, we're, we're wanting to bring not only a really uh, exciting new composition to ITF, but we want, we want to start moving into, you know, being more visual with performances at ITF. And so we're excited to bring that performance uh, to the stage. Uh, I've also got a performance with the ITF All-Stars on the first night of the festival. Uh, And then uh, throughout the festival is the uh, Dallas Symphony Orchestra is one of the featured sections. Uh, And we have a master class and an excerpts performance, which I'll be doing, I think, almost entirely on tenor. There might be some bass (laughs) in there, but um, 
kind of mixing it up this ITF with uh, like a, a a lot of bass and a little bit of tenor and bringing sort of my uh, new Vexel abilities to the stage is going to be a lot of fun. So you won't be busy at all that week? No, no, no. It should be pretty light. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken too much of your time already. So if you want to catch uh, the great and wonderful Brian Hecht, you can come on out to the International Trombone Festival this summer, July 13th through 16th at the University of Central Arkansas. Uh, Thanks for being here, Brian. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys at ITF. Yeah.